Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I just want to kind of apologize ahead of time. This episode is all over the place. I basically recorded it in three or four parts, so it's a little jumpy, um, but I wanted to not let this be a dead week without talking to you guys, so uh, hopefully it's not too unbearable. And you guys get some good information out of this, all right? All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Hello, friends. How is everybody today? It is early, early Tuesday. I've uh, kind of been slacking on the podcast, as always, but I'm bringing it back, bringing it back. So do you guys know that if you're in California, you just shot the Outlaws this last weekend at, uh, let me see, how cool is that, guys? It, that's a new, uh, new. Um, it's kind of like a new place for the outlaws. It was the first leg of the outlaws. How cool is that, guys? It, that's a new. That's a new. Um, it's kind of like a new place for the outlaws. Uh, it looked awesome. I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, it looked hairy as, like, you guys know, like uh, California right now is experiencing some wacky weather. We're actually getting rain for like the first time in. What forever? <clears throat> Unfortunately, though, the rain's hitting all at once, and it's hitting right in the middle of the good, uh, <laughs> right in the middle of the good shit. So, yeah, Woodlake, Antelope Archers. Uh, I have never shot there, but it looked very similar to Fresno. Um, they have a really cool, like, long shot on a giant beer can. Like, their Bigfoot's a beer can. I think it's like 96 yards or 97 yards. I could be wrong. Uh, but I don't think it's 101. Um, from everything I had heard, everyone I had talked to, uh, it was it's a pretty technical shooting there. Uh, I saw a handful of uh, pictures and videos of people shooting really steep downhill shots. That seemed to be the flavor of the day. Um, but man, let, let me give you guys the rundown of how it went. It looks like Paige, uh, Paige Pierce just came along and... <laughs> How am I going to say this gracefully? Put her balls on the table, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Paige just destroyed everyone. I guess uh, here's the rundown. Just going off the um, Outlaw Archers um, you know, Facebook post. Looks like Paige only dropped two points on the first day. Beating out Dave Cousins. Dave dropping seven. Looks like uh, Caleb Cuiocho is right behind Dave Cousins. That's our... our Caleb Cuiocho. I you know I shouldn't claim ownership, <laughs> but dude, he's the he's a NorCal he's our NorCal Bodie man. Uh, right behind Dave Cousins, eight down. Followed by Alejandro Benuelos. Alejandro was uh, oh okay I'm sorry. Tate Morgan was behind Caleb. 
or I should say tied with Caleb with eight down. And then behind that was Alejandro. You guys know Alejandro. He was a guest on this show. He's a soon-to-be dad. And he's out there shooting for... <laughs> There's a lot on the line for Alejandro, man. I can feel it. He's <laughs> he's racing against the clock right now, uh, putting down the big scores. Uh, w well done, Alejandro. Well, first, let me congratulate Caleb. Caleb, well done, dude. You're amazing. Uh, to be right behind Dave Cousins on the first outlaw, you know, it's not you didn't even need any warm ups. And then Alejandro, way to fucking go, dude. You're right there next to Tate Morgan. Uh, man, great shooting from all you guys. Uh, let's see who else. Did? Other notable badasses that came out of the wood woodworks: Taylor Spoolstra, uh came to join, which is freaking awesome. You guys know I'm a Big time uh, Taylor Spoolster fan. I've talked about him on the show. I try to get him as a guest, but he's one of those like you know kind of elusive archery monks that is is up on the mountain getting better at archery instead of talking about it. Um, looks like day two, Paige dropped three. It looks like Paige, Dave, and Caleb dropped three on day two, followed by Alejandro dropped four, uh, and then Tate Morgan dropped six. So that changes shit in the end. Uh, your your top three breakdown comes to Paige being in first, Dave Cousins being in second, Caleb being in third, Alejandro being in fourth. So that's pretty nice. Paige got a payout for first place of $270. This is for the individual, mind you. This is not the team team money. Uh, so 270 bucks. Paige can take home, throw it on her big pile of cash from other events, and just roll around in it for a little bit. Dave Cousins got $147. So he can go, you know, pay for the dry cleaning of pillow sheets or whatever. Maybe on a plane ticket home. Because Dave ain't a California guy. Caleb Quiochi got $107. Alejandro got 76 That is pretty fucking sweet. Let's check out with the teams. How the teams panned out. One of the great things about these outlaw events is that the guys that win first place team, they don't have to be a bunch of fucking zeros, <laughs> zeros and ones. Not to put down these guys. I'm sure they're badass shooters. But uh, Michael Moody and Craig Hagen took first, finishing out this event as a team clean right to the bitter fucking end. They beat out T Tate Morgan. I just call him Teat. I'm sorry. Tate Morgan and Keith Baggett. Keith Baggett's still alive. He still exists. Uh, as a team, they were only one down. How the fuck did Keith Baggett get on Tate Morgan's team? If you guys don't know, Keith Baggett, all right, he's a Central California guy. He's really nice. I think he's incredibly rich because he makes, like, surgical robots or whatever. Um, he is, we used to call him the Baghead or the Bagman. I like the Bagman because it's less degrading. But Keith Baggett was a guy who just jumped on the scene and shot from like a 6 to all one really quick. Um, lost handicap points super fast. He's been out of it for about a year now, so I'm curious as to what his handicap is. And he is shooting with Tate. I'm fairly certain Tate's the zero there um, as far as handicaps go. Yeah, Keith was King Sandbagger at the same time that I was attempting to be King Sandbagger. So uh, when we were doing all the regional events that we didn't think anyone else was going to, we would always see each other at those. So that's nice. <clears throat> Tommy Daly, 
uh, teamed up with Paige Pierce to place third in the teams. Uh, this is Tommy Daly Jr., my personal favorite of the Daly, uh, you know, the Daly lineage. I mean, the kids are cool, too. Tommy Daly's got cool kids. But, um, you know, between Tommy Daly and Tommy Daly Sr., I like, I like, I like, I like the, new, the new Tommy Daly. He shoots compound. Uh, teamed up with Paige, and they rolled into third. Well, two down as a team. Caleb Quiocho carried our man Barry Medickiner Smith <laughs> to three down as a team. So Barry Smith, really nice guy, machinist out of Northern California, shoots for Wilderness, shoots for the same team as Caleb Quiocho and uh, Mark Rubio and Randy Long. They're on, he, uh, Barry's on the Expendables, and I just came up with last year that we're going to call him Barry Medickiner. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Uh, fifth place, Justin Lerma, Alejandro Benuelos. Um, do you guys remember Justin Lerma? Kicked some ass at indoor this year, this last year, I'm sorry, uh, including my ass and a couple others. So that's cool to see Justin, Alejandro up there, whooping ass. Caden Jones, Josh McCarthy in sixth, Heather Gore, Dave Cousins in seventh. Uh, they're kind of like a, a couple's team, which is cool. I mean, if you got me and my wife out to shoot a – an archer event. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'd be designed. Uh, uh, we'd be signing divorce papers on Sunday. <laughs> um, let's see. And Cody Price, Matt Tippins. So Fresno, like, so you guys want to hear a cool podcast? Cody Price has a podcast about archery, um, and he's the guy that started doing unfiltered archery podcasts. Uh, I'll give him credit because he'll throw an f bomb here or there. And he he doesn't give a fuck. He was he was doing it for fun. Um, I I loved Cody's podcast, and uh, it was a big inspiration to start my own. Actually, um, Matt Tippins is his partner. Matt Tippins is a super badass shooter out of Fresno. Um, just doing all the intros here. I think that's about as far as we'll go. Um, maybe I'll do this every every time I'll go to ninth, and then everyone in tenth place can be like, ooh. <laughs> the 10th place guys were good too. I won't say their names to motivate them to for the next one. So that was Woodlake. You guys, it looked like it was raining. I mean, and not a little bit. And it looked windy. And it was a technical course. That's a hard weekend, man. That's a hard weekend of shooting. And, uh, you know, to see guys like Caleb shoot as well as they did is uh, is inspiring, dude. I don't know how many times I'm going to be saying inspiring this year. Uh, mainly because I'm a, I'm a couch archer this year. But I guess not. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Me and Alan, Alan Brunetta, we're teaming up for the, the Break the Barriers event. And I'm telling you right now, they better change it from the BTB to the BTA because I'm going to beat that ass all weekend. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's another joke for you that Wendell wrote. <laughs> um, let me see here. What do we got? Uh, oh, we got a Cardi B meal at McDonald's. Okay, guys, here's your calendar. Um, calendar for the upcoming weeks, okay? I'm going to do the other half of this episode tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to split it up into two. This way I can get my own practice in. You guys, uh, the Reading Cabin Fever shoot is on the 12th. Well, let me, let me just verify that. That is Sunday. Coming up, if you're listening to this tomorrow or the day after, it's going to be short news. The Oasis shoot 
in Davis. There are more shoots going on, guys. These are my picks, right, for Northern California. These are my picks for getting ready for Reading. The Oasis shoot is the 19th of this month. That would be March 19th. That is in Davis at the Yolo Bowman. Um, the Lodi uh, cartoon classic, my personal favorite shoot of all shoots, is the 18th and 19th. Uh, I, maybe it's just the 19th. Uh, 18th and 19th if you're shooting the Outlaws, I believe. Unless Outlaws is, has... Uh, no, no, that should be right. It should be two days. So... You guys know I personally love Lodi. The spots are a little generous at Lodi, so it kind of helps you keep your nerves down, and it's a great place to work your shot, check your sight marks. You know, there's, I'm not going to say a lot of technical shooting, but there's enough technical shooting to make sure you have your shit together. So don't miss Lodi, okay? Lodi is one of my favorites. It, it will make you a better archer. Um, and if you can, shoot the outlaws. Fuck it. Let's get some. Um, after that, Eldorado Hills it has the North American 3D. Uh, that will be April 2nd. Uh, the BTB, Break the Bears, One Arrow 3D Massacre, is April 15th. I will be beating that butt. <laughs> the Maya Around the World shoot is 416, same weekend, so I won't make it. Maya Around the World shoot, if you're not going to Break the Bears, is a great orange spot shoot that they put on. It can get a little windy at times, but if you're lucky and the wind doesn't pick up, it is absolutely solid practice for Reading. Um, the weekend after that is the Fresno Safari, April 30th. Um, and if you don't, if you're not doing the Outlaws, right? But you and you don't, or maybe you are doing the Outlaws, but you're taking one event off, right? Because it's the best of four. And you don't want you want to travel down to Fresno, all right? It's very close to Reading weekend. Oh, it's very. I should say Reading week because it kind of starts on a Wednesday, right? Anyone smart gets up there on a Wednesday. Fresno Safari is 4.30, right? Sonoma County Bowman Ultimate 3D Shoot, also 4.30. I will be at the Sonoma County Bowman Ultimate 3D Shoot. Like, uh, that's going to be... It's a mellow shoot. I believe it's a uh, 3 arrow... 3 arrow 14 target or 3 arrow 20 something target. It comes out to a 9.24 in the end. Uh, it can also get windy there, all right? So... Pray that the arrow doesn't fuck you. But for me, the Sonoma County Bowman shoot is going to be closer. Uh, it's going to let let me stay home with my kids. So it's going to be uh, a no-brainer for me on that one. But for you guys, I would urge you to do the Fresno Safari. It's another one of those technical courses. There's almost no wind at the Fresno Safari. It's a really, really good shoot. There might be a little wind, but it's not enough to where you can't hang dot at 100 yards. Ooh, that's such a weird... Uh, my <laughs> hang dot. Yo, bro, I totally hung dot. 22. January, February, March, April, May. May 5th will be the kickoff for Reading. Is that true? May 5th? Let's see. April, May. Actually, it's going to be like May 4th if you're going to shoot the blind draw. So, I hope you guys are enjoying the fact that I am fact-checking shit now. You know, I'm trying to bring you good, solid intel. All right, guys. Um... Give me a few minutes. I will be right back. We'll do the next uh, next half of this episode. All right. <clears throat> all right, guys. I'm back. Let's see. It's early, early Thursday now. <clears throat> My apologies for not finishing this up earlier. Um, let's see. I'm at the archery range, waiting for the sun to come up. 
this is like a, a magical week this week if you are a guy that practices in the morning because this is the week before daylight savings time. You should be able to get an hour of practice in from the time the sun up, you know, the sun comes up till the time you got to go to work if you work like a standard nine to five. Normally starting hours are eight, but you know, it differs for everyone. But for me, this is, ugh, I hate saying for me. God damn it, I got to stop that. It's such a freaking Kardashian thing to say. For me. <laughs> I hear everyone say it too. It's like, no one gives a fuck what you need. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. This is a week I get to come out and practice some, some long range stuff. Um, here's what I'm noticing. All right, and, and I'll give you guys the honest rundown. I've preached a lot about running a lightweight setup. And then I felt further reinforced by Bodie Turner talking about lightweight setups. You know, when I shot my best, I shot a very heavy bow setup. Uh, I shot 21 ounces on the front and anywhere from 19 to 24 ounces on the back. Um, I think I ended at like 19 in the back. But last year, I shot one of my best... Was last year? I don't know if that's... Uh, not last, not this Vegas, but the last Vegas, I shot a really good. I shot 899. Went to the Lucky Dog kind of deal with five ounces in the front, five ounces in the back. Now, I did, you know, I had that five and five last Reading, and that shit did not fly. So I knew it worked indoors. I knew you can get away working or shooting really lightweight indoors, and it makes sense because it's at 20 yards. You know, you can. You know, you can make tiny mistakes. They won't show up. I, I know it sounds like a like an elitist thing. So a lot of people struggle to get it in. But you can get away with a lot more bullshit, let's put it, um, indoors than outdoors. It's one of the reasons why I love indoor archery is because I got so many flaws in the way I shoot. <laughs> but um, I came out uh, the other day. I was shooting in the rain here because for the first time ever in California, we have rain. And it's got to be on this magical week where I can get some practice in. But it's not going to stop me. So I came out here and I practiced anyway. Um, and, you know, at long range, the 5 and 5, it was not the pin float that was an issue. It was what happens during my execution, my grip pressure, all this other stuff um, has kind of would kind of start to change. And so, you know... Oh, shit, there comes someone in the parking garage. I get real skittish about the parking garage here at Redwood Bowman because this is where my car got broken into and they fucking jacked all my nano pro, like a bunch of nano pros that I wasn't using. And they jacked a bunch of my Kuyu too. Fucking, fucking Oakland. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, oh, grip pressure. The grip pressure at long range. Okay, so I'm, you know, for me... There it is again. Damn it. My weakness on the field is 80 yards. Okay. If I have to shoot, uh, if I'm shooting a field round, the 80 yard dot is going to be the one that makes me nervous and makes me uh, lack confidence in my shot. So this week I've just been practicing 80 yards and it helps sure up my sight marks. You know, I got, I got 20, 60, and then I verify it with 80 using archer's mark. Uh, when I get a chance, I'll check my 100, but I don't know when I'll be able to do that. Um, 
you know, hopefully at the Oasis shoot coming up. But, yeah. Yeah, the, them's the game plans right now. Um, oh, but yeah, so my grip pressure's a little off with the 5 and 5. So I start adding, you know, I had a bunch of weights on my, on my quiver that I use for coaching. Um, if I see someone, you know, bobbling and dipping all over the place. So I just applied it to myself. Started adding a little more weight in some choice spots. Uh, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. But started to get the grip pressure where I liked it to where I could execute smoothly. That's the big thing, I think, um, that is overlooked a lot is a smooth execution. And what that means is having very little hiccup from the time you take your thumb off the peg till the time, you know, your hand's coming back with your follow-through. It's one thing I've been stressing with the people I coach is a smooth execution, you know? Um, you know, that I mean... You get way into it. What hiccups in the in the execution could could be? Usually, it's something like target panic. Um, and you know, I have never. I don't think I've ever admitted to having target panic, and I'm definitely not going to admit to it now. <laughs> but I like having a nice, smooth execution. It's something I've always kind of um, leaned on. And so, if I don't have it. And I know, you know, there's got to be a, a, something funky with the balance of the bow or, you know, something can be tuned up a little bit here or there. Or, you know, it could just be what are you saying in your head when you're shooting? Um, yeah, you know, all those Joel Turner interviews really make a lot of sense to me where he talks about ha saying something to yourself while you're shooting to block to kind of fill the void of where intrusive thoughts would come in and uh and fill and fuck you up so i kind of like that um i've just been copying you know whatever joel says on the uh on the podcast interviews he gives i have yet to do the shot iq course you know it's uh, it's so expensive i don't I, at this point i don't think i'm going to do it the money I would have spent on that, I just spent on getting a bunch of archery unfiltered hats made. I was going to go with a new design, but man, the archery unfiltered hat is just, it's a unique looking hat. And so I just got more made. Went back to the guy who made them before. So, um, let's see. I had a question about break the barrier scoring, right? And someone just asked, like, well, how do they score it? Um, they use kind of like a, I want to say an ASA target, but it's just a 3D target. And they're going to color the 11 ring orange. So if you guys remember, if you watched like the, the ASAs that we've been watching, you got a big ring, right? And inside the big ring are three little rings. In the middle, you have the 11. And then on either side of that, you have a 12. The big ring being 10, uh... And then this kind of like triangular ring that surrounds the 10, which is huge, is an 8. And then you got a tiny 14 up in the corner of that triangle. So, Break the Barriers colors the 11 ring orange. And I think for most of them. They might go, there might be one or two where they color like the full 10 ring orange. But I can't remember which ones <laughs> those were. It seemed to me like they were all really small dots. So... You know, make no mistake, the name of the game for Break the Barriers is, you know, you're shooting for that 11. You're basically shooting 
for bonus points. So that 11 is going to be, you know, I think they're going to score it as 11. And then the 10 ring and the 12s are going to be considered 10. There's going to be a lot of people shooting 10s. And that 11 ring is going to be your bonus point. That's going to separate you from everyone else. So, you know, I, I, my goal with practicing right now is to get my sight marks really fine. And that's like, you know, 20 to 80. Super fine. And, you know, get ready because <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a handful of like really short targets and there's only going to be like one really long target. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I got my third axis short up. All right. Um, someone, let's see, I, another listener question. I, I have a couple listener questions I'm going to do. All right. Someone said, what's the bare minimum? Someone asked me, what's the bare minimum to just be good at archery? And I got a real simple question for it, or a simple answer. Just do your homework, right? Do you want to be really good at archery? Have all your sight marks dialed in. Have your center shot dialed in. Know what your birdie yardages are. And just make sure that arrow hits behind the pin. Or, you know, the best you can um, at every distance. And that's all it is. Whether or not you, you know... If you don't hit the dot, you're going to be damn close to it. And it just maximizes your chances of shooting effectively. So I, that's what I think. Bare minimum is just do your homework. That's what I'm out here doing. You know, I'm I'm fiddling around with, you know, grip pressure and stuff. But that's because my homework list is long. I, you know, for me, uh, the homework list is long because I have big goals. I'm not, I'm not trying to do the bare minimum. But... You know, if you're if you're struggling with the sport, if you have no path or if you have no game plan, the best place to start is to get all your sight marks and make sure they are dialed in tight. All right? And then after that, you know, do what you will. Okay, I, I would imagine it would come to you. Um, and let's see. That was... A, okay, so this kind of leads me to something else. Um... I was showing up my 80-yard sight mark, and I was kind of thinking, like, oh, man, do I need to change my bar angle? Do I need to change my center shot? What's going on with this one? Like, what? And then before I changed anything, it just started to click, and the shots just started happening better. And I wrote down in my notes that what you think might need to be a tuning adjustment, you might be able to smooth out with just shooting and getting stronger. So before, you know, I, my, I've been guilty of this, but I know people, they make a bad shot and they instantly start wrenching on their gear, you know, as if to say it was the gear's fault and not them. More often than not, it's going to be the shooter's fault. And it's something that if you just, it's like, it, yeah, it sucks, it stings when you make a shitty shot. Um, but if you just let it go, get back to shooting you can strengthen the rest of your game up and uh, you can strengthen your weaknesses too which is what i'm about to do in six minutes i'm gonna run out here you know if the sun's not up but you know if it's getting any brighter than this then fuck it i'm just gonna keep shooting anyway i'll just shoot for the i'll shoot for the bail <laughs> um okay i had another question i had it 
two questions from two different people that I'll merge together and uh, tell you guys what I think, okay? Um, what is the best way to orient your veins for field archery? And the other is question was just four to five grain, a four to five grain spread across all your arrows matter. Now the four to five grain spread could be, is that that's to me sounds like plus or minus two grains, right? And keep in mind a grain is like a 20th, what is it? 20th of a gram. Uh, yeah, pot dealers will know. What is a grain? I want to say it's a 20th of a gram. Anyway, plus or minus two, not that big a deal. As you start to shoot throughout the season, you're going to shoot one arrow more than the other. You start to get to shave a little bit of carbon off. And if you weigh all your arrows at the end of the season, most of the time, the ones that get a little more play, just unintentionally, are they're going to weigh a little different. Um, now, if this spread is plus or minus four, right? If that's what we're talking about, four plus or minus. So that means you have eight greens difference. You're talking about almost almost 10 grains difference in your arrows and i mean you could buy a weight you could buy a fact weight that's almost or that is 10 grains almost eight grains so what i would do is shoot it at long range shoot that arrow shoot the heavy ones at long range at 80 or 100 yards and see if they're hitting low uh and if they're if they're hitting low you know yank them out figure out why the variation is so big if they're hitting dead on I wouldn't even worry about it. You know that? I'm sure I have arrows that are weight, weighted wacky. Uh, one thing I did notice is with my uh, gold tips, these are from last season, and I had two, I think I had two or three dozen pure stores. So I have about 15 or 17 left. So I tried to turn a bunch of them into hunting arrows. Um, I shot them all bear shaft first, and I had a couple that, no matter how you turn the knock, would not group with the rest of them. And I fletched those up just to test them and see what they would shoot like. They shot noticeably different. So those arrows are out now. Um, I'm not saying everyone should do that, but sometimes I think a couple grains difference. Because uh, I think they're only like two or three grains different than the rest of the arrows. I weighed them. Um, might be in the spine of the arrow itself. Ah, that sounds weird. Someone's going to pick that apart, I'm sure. But if it's in a crucial spot, if that two to three grains difference isn't in the point, or I should say four to, we'll say, we'll say four to eight grains difference, if it's not in the point itself, it's not in your components, and it's in the shaft itself, it could be in a crucial spot, and that could definitely make that arrow fly funky. So, you know, do your, this, here's some homework. <laughs> figure out why and is is it important is it different yes is it effectively you know is it noticeably different downrange yes or no um and then as far as veins go i hate to invoke the name of dudley but he did a ton of testing that was saying that one degree offset with a straight clamp one degree offset is the way to go i'm running like one and a half maybe two two degree offset um Maybe one? I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I, I'm using an old Bitsenberger jig. It's hard to, you know, the knobs are all over the place. But, you know, he did the testing a long time ago. I think straight 
straight clamps are highly overlooked because helical looks so damn cool. But straight clamps, you can do, you know, you can weed out a lot of tuning problems with just a straight clamp and, and getting your veins nice and in, in order. You know, they don't have to be straight. You can still put a, a direction on them. And I go in the direction that the the bear shaft spins. So I'm doing a left offset. I've had great great luck with that in the past. I've had great luck with helical, you know, where I just run helical even with a blade and not a non-dropaway rest. And I, I'll run heavy helical. Um, so when you get to that point, you're really just splitting hairs. I, I would go with whatever option puts your mind at ease and makes it so you don't have to think about it later, you know? Because that's the last thing you want to do is be shooting, make a bad shot, and then blame blame your fucking veins because all your arrows are going to be fletched that way. So, also, I should put, you know, it should be noted, Dudley did this test at like 100 yards, right? Which arrow shot best at 100 yards? Um, That's not to say that shoots best under 100. You know what I mean? Like, what what's optimal for 50? Again, guys, remember, Redding, like the average yardage at Redding is going to be like 43 yards or something short. I can't remember if it's 43 or 37. It's some off number. But the average yardage is going to be close. Or closer than you think. So keep that in mind. You know? I'm not saying optimize your whole game for 40 yards. But keep in mind, you know, you're also not going to put all your money into just shooting Bigfoot. You can 22 Bigfoot, take your picture with Bigfoot. And then if you 21 every other target, you okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's going to be a low score at the end of the day. So, um, keep that in mind. Don't go all in on just one thing. You got to kind of smooth it out. You know, it's like playing the stock market, which I'm not good at, but <laughs> you know, all right, guys. Um, that's going to be it for now. I'm going to see if I can get some mo shit together and I'll add to this episode or not. Um, Cardi B and offset. I noticed when I was door dashing, uh, there's a Cardi B and offset meal at McDonald's. And I have my own meal, but it's not on the menu. It's called a McGangbang. You guys ever hear of these? A McGangbang? You buy a McChicken and a, a McDouble. I think they're like a dollar a piece with, you know, inflation the way it is now. Thanks a lot, Joe Biden. It's probably closer to $2 a sandwich now. But you can get them and you smash them together. You just flick one bun off and smash them together. And it sounds weird because eating chicken and beef together seems almost sacrilegious. So freaking good. And you're going to be so full afterwards that you could throw up. All right? Um, but, you know, that is McDonald's. I don't know if that's that's good for you. Anyway, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Another thing. Uh, a serious note. So my uncle, my hunting buddy, he's one of my two hunting buddies. My two hunting buddies are my dad and my uncle. And these guys are like old, grizzled deer hunters from a long time ago. Um, they've shot... They're A-zone hunters in California. So what that means is, if you guys don't hunt in California, what that means is where they used to hunt, there's a lot of deer, and now there's no more deer. They like to hunt out in the dry, crunchy desert of of California. And where the deer are like, you know, stalked and hunted by mountain lion all year long. The deer we have here, I'm going to just go out and say they're more skittish than the fucking Hawaiian Sitka deer, okay? At least in A-Zone. My hunting partner, my Uncle Mark, uh, he has cancer. And 
this last week I went to go visit him, and he's in good spirits. He's had cancer for a couple years now, and he's done treatment, and he's gotten better. He's been in, you know, remission. He's been clear, and then he's gotten again, and he's been clear. Um, he's got it now, and they're pretty much telling him, they're telling him that he's pretty much got no options. Since where I was last week, I was visiting with him and his grandkids. Um, I'm not a religious person, but you know, as you get older and you have kids, you start to wonder about greater powers and what's above and what's running the show. If you guys out there can give him uh, your best wishes, you send him some positive. Hold on a second. Send him some positive vibes or whatever your religion is. It would mean the world to me. Um, just because it's really crazy to see someone that you admire not have hope anymore. But, you know, it's life. So, you guys hug your hunting buddies while you can. And uh, just so everyone knows, I'm not crying. It's just the sun's coming up. I'm getting all juiced about I'm getting all juiced about going to shoot shoot my arrows right now. So send send my uncle some positive vibes, will ya? It would mean the world to me. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the show, as always. Um, I've gotten a lot of messages about hats and stuff. I'll have hats coming soon. I'll let you guys know. I'm gonna get some practice in right now, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. All right. All right. Peace out, my friends. What's up, guys? All right, I just got done shooting. Had a great practice session. Um, <laughs> so funny. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching this show on Netflix called um, Full Swing, which is about golfers. Right, and I am just, I am just obsessed with this show right now because it parallels archery so much. But it's just so funny because. You know, I'm watching the show, and these guys, it's so surprising to see how golfers talk to themselves when they shoot. Like, when they make a bad shot, they're like, oh, fuck, god damn it, what, you son of a bitch. You know, like, they do all the things that they tell you not to do in with winning in mind. And this is like the top, the pro top golfers, you know? So, it's fucking wild. But what's funny is when they make good shots, they're like, yeah, you know, they have this positive talk to themselves. Where they'd be like, attaboy, you know, if it was, you know... Uh, the guy's name's one of the guy's names I like is Joel Damon, right? And Joel Damon, when he makes a good shot, he's like, "Attaboy, Joey! Good job, Joey!" He like pats himself on the back, you know. And I'm out here shooting today, and I'm <laughs> I'm shooting at a hundred, and every single shot that goes in, I'm like, "Attaboy, Attaboy, Wendell! Come on, there we go!" Oh, dude, it was just oh, what a good practice. <clears throat> um, went through. And start chipping off sight marks that weren't good. Just the same shit I just told you guys about. Went through and verified. Is this one good? Yes, no. If it's not, let's punch the right number in, you know? And then I'm, you know, I have marks from last week. And some of those marks are the the distances that I stood and shot at. I call it standing and banging because it reminds me of like the UFC. But like last week I was standing and banging at 79 yards. It's our 80 yard, but it's uphill on our practice course, so it's a one-yard cut, and I just stood and shot in the rain, like nonstop shooting at that target, 79 yards, right? Um, 
that mark still right on fucking dead on 60s dead on like um it's just cool and then the bow is shooting so fucking straight from 20 out to 100 it's amazing and a lot of people have been asking me about the verdict. They're like, what do you like about the verdict? You're always talking about you love this bow. Why don't you talk about it? And here's why. Here's why I haven't up and I will because of so many people are asking about it. But here's why I haven't. One, Elite doesn't give me shit. All right. <laughs> all right. Elite's not sponsoring me. And even, you know, I don't think they would even if I asked them. Because um, <clears throat> I don't live in the South. I don't shoot ASAs and, you know. My beard is pretty weak, actually. Uh, you notice all the elite guys wear, like, beards, jeans, and they all, like, CrossFit or something? That's, that's just not me. They kind of look like Matthews guys, <clears throat> but they're not blonde. Most Matthews guys seem to be blonde with blue eyes. <clears throat> they look like the German version of the elite guy. Um, so, yeah, elite doesn't give me anything. The other thing is I'm not on this show to promote products. I mean, if I see something I like, I'll talk. I'll tell you guys about it. You know, if I think there's value, uh, that's another thing I'm big on is value, you know, getting value for your money. And, um, you know, I, I'm not about hawking shit if I don't think it's necessary. If I see something interesting, yeah, you know, uh, like, you know, Butch Baker has that overdraw piece on his, uh, on his Hamsky. I thought that was fucking cool. I tried it out. But, um, you know, but let me get into what I do like about the Elite Bow, Okay. And, you know, my buddy, who I won't name because he works in a shop, and, you know, his name rhymes with uh, Judy, he told me, he was like, that, before I got the bow, he's like, elites feel cheap. He said they feel like infinite edge bows, you know. I believe he said this about the Martin also. (laughs) And there is something to that. Elites do feel a little cheap at first. Um... And maybe, you know, maybe they're cheaply made. But let me tell you guys, they're really well designed. As in, the person who fucking designed this shit, their engineering team, they know shit about tuning bows. They know shit about archery, right? <clears throat> so, like, the first thing I really like that I've been ta- talking about when people ask me is they put the module on the left side of the bow versus the right side of the bow. So your cable guard, if you move your cable guard in and out, it doesn't have the same effect that a Hoyt you know, when you move your cable guard on in and out on a Hoyt, if you move it in, you reduce the left tear. You move it out, you get like a 20-inch left tear, right? So if you move it out from center, if you make your cable guard straight on a Hoyt, you're pretty much going to get like a, you know, a one-foot left tear. You move it all the way in, you might, you might get a bullet hole, all right? On the Elite, they have the module on the left side, so when you move your cable guard in and out, it's not fucking up the cam lean in the same way. And, um... I thought that it would be backwards, but it's actually just less. Like, there's... Or it's not... It's almost like nothing. You can move your cable guard in and out, and it doesn't affect your uh, your tears at all. Well, I shouldn't say at all, because I haven't shot them all through paper. I've only moved it out once just to get some nice clearance for my indoor arrows. So there's that, right? Um, the other thing I like, you can change your draw length to a quarter of an inch, right? I mean, a Hoyt... I don't want to just bag on Hoyt. A lot of companies are like, yeah, we're doing quarter-inch draw adjustments. At least been doing this for fucking ever, all right? So that's the other thing. You, you, you could really dial it in. But if you really wanted to super dial it in, they have this little gear and shit that you can adjust your draw length to, I mean, an infinite 
it's an infinite adjustment because it's a gear, right? It's the same thing as their let off. It's how you can adjust your let off. So, you know, I consider that let off adjustment more like a draw length adjustment because, you know, on certain bows, you can short, short peg it, long peg it, whatever, you know, cut your valley short, all that kind of shit. It's a similar concept, right? So, um, I, I just love that. I love that you can, you can tune the feel of the bow. On top of that, the thing that really gets me that I really like that the way they cut the grip, they cut the grip so you don't torque the bow to the right. And then the set system, you can bear shaft tune your bow. That is fucking bananas to me. I, on, on, I love the Matthews line of bows, right? But for me, the way the grip is, you torque the bow, or I would torque the bow to 1 o'clock. Bear shaft's always going to be to 1 o'clock, regardless of where you top hat. You know, the bear shaft's always going that way because I have torque. I, you know, I just my form and everything torque the fucking bow. The elite is not like that, dude. The so what's what's wild about the elite is because you don't have torque in the grip, and I, that's just me. That's the other thing. I'm not doing a commercial for elites. Like you got to go and shoot one, and see if you like it. You might torque the bow the other way. Um, so that cancels that consistent right tear for me. And then the set system where you just, you know, it's basically, I want, I want to call it top padding, but it's a similar concept, but it's actually, you're moving your limbs over. PSC did this a long time ago with their, um, what they had like an asymmetric, the expression. I, I thought that bow was so ugly because a guy that I didn't like shot it. And then nowadays I'm like, you know, what? I can shoot one of those. Those are kind of cool. The PSC expression is fucking dope. And it had this basically the same system on it or something similar to it where you move your limb pocket around. And uh, I think the elites move the rear of the limb pocket and the old PSEs, you move the front of the limb pocket. Um, regardless, it's the same thing. You're angling your limbs over to one side. You're changing where your string, your start, the starting point of your string. So you can change the starting point of the power stroke and all that stuff. You get it in line basically and you can bear shaft. I can bear shaft tune out to... 60 yards, like, no problem. I'm a little off at 100, but I don't know if I want to touch it. I'm about a foot off at 100. But I'm like, who the fuck cares? It's 100 yards. You know, a mouse farts and the fucking bear chef goes all over the place. So, what you have, what I like about this bow that I have not had before, right, is a comfortable bow that shoots straight, shoots a bear shaft straight at all distances. To me, that puts me at the tuning equal to guys like Blake Jerome, right? I might, I'm not saying I'm a shooting equal, but I know Blake bear shaft tunes, you know, he's getting an advantage from bear shaft tuning or he wouldn't do it. That puts me at his, you know, it, because I'm not torquing to the right. I have the same advantages as him. The only thing that separates me and him is the amount of work we do, the amount of focus we have, the mental game. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's a lot that separates us. Let's be real, but tuning is not going to be one of those things. All right. I fucking love that. I've never had that in any bow. The Matthews is the closest I've come to it, all right? And the Matthews, I could never bear shaft tune with it. And you don't have to. I don't want to tell you guys that bear shaft tune is the end-all, be-all, right? But I'm I'm shooting some tight groups, but I've also been shooting for like six years now, seven years. So maybe that's it. I just ha I don't practice a lot, so I'm, I'm lending it to the bow. I'm like, this bow is why these groups are so fucking tight. Um... With that information, take with it what you will. 
Some people can bear shaft tune with a Hoyt. Some people can do it with a Martin. Some people don't even give a shit about bear shaft tuning. Paul Tedford was one of those guys, and he could arguably shoot the brakes off of me any day of the week, you know, depending on if he's had, had his aim size. But, uh, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, so speaking of aim size, there was some kind of commercial that was cut on the Internet where aim size is like, oh, this dude was having a rough first day, took some aim size, came back and killed it. You fucking shameless shameless company that that do that kind of shit. And aim size is the worst of it. And the dude that's promoting it, the, the shooter, you fucking blow, sir. And I mean, only because that is some weak, weak stuff. All right? Uh, no one's going to call it out? I'll call it out. That shit's weak. Take this pill and you'll shoot better between Friday and Sunday? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, all of you. So... Anyway, uh, my buddy Judy sent that to me and was like, hey, isn't this terrible? I'm like, yeah, dude, I've already spoken out against same size, but you know what? Uh, I'm starving for content, so sure, I'll fucking talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, that's where I'm at. I mean, I love this bow. Before I go fucking ringing the, the dinner bell for everybody to buy one, I got to shoot it in competition. And I mean, outdoor competition. Indoor I know what I'm capable of. You guys saw it. You know, I didn't win like I won last year, but I also didn't practice like I practiced yet last year. It was a different game. So, anyway, you guys know this show is brought to you by Carboncraft Stabilizers. <laughs> Hit them up, my man Brian Webb at Impact Archery in Fresno or Rudy Standoval at uh, West Coast Archery in Petaluma. You guys can Google the phone numbers. Call either of them. You can get yourself a set of Carboncraft Stabilizers any length, any length. I personally am running the 20 and 15 right now. I like the 20 and 15. I have a 20 and 12 that I also like. And I have a 20 and 10 from a hunting rig. So, or I'm sorry, 20 and 10. 30 and 15 for my target rig. That's what I'm shooting. I have a 30 and I have a 12 inch bar that I like. I have a 10 inch bar that I like. I run the 10 and 12 for hunting. Um, 30 and 15 for target right now. Um, so yeah. Oh. Back to that golf shit before I let you guys go. There's, I see a lot of parallels between golf and archery, all right? And one of the crazy ones is the top guys being kind of egomaniacs or really selfish, right? Not in a bad way. I don't, I don't mean to you know flip around and talk shit about pros. But it's like if you want to be really good, you got to be really selfish. And Blake's talked about that before too. Like you got to be self. you got to be focused on yourself. Um. But there's a couple like really good shooters that aren't selfish. This one guy, Joel Damon, is like very self-deprecating, man. And when he puts it together, he puts it together. The what's the other guy? Timau, Timau, I think, is another guy who's like a big family man. Um, I'm starting. To, what I'm starting to see is the thing that separates people is focus. All right, like it. You don't have to be selfish. It helps because it helps you focus. I agree. But, you know, if you're not, if you're like, I could never be a pro because I'm not a fucking egomaniac, get that shit out of your head right now. Anyone can be a pro. Anyone can shoot. Anyone can win Reading. Any of us could win Reading. Who's going to be focused for the day? You know? Who's going to have every all their ducks in a row and fucking go out there and do it? Any of us can do it. So, don't, you know... Or, you know, if your goal is to shoot a 1,500, 
Don't anyone say you can't shoot a 1500. You can do it. You know, the building blocks are that the st- like no. There's outlines out there to help you shoot that 1500. This podcast, episode number 1, how to shoot a 1500 in Vegas or not Vegas in Reading. You can do it. So don't sell yourself short, people. All right? Let me drive the fuck on out of here. Um, I've said it a million times. It's any dog's day. All right? All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully this podcast isn't too jumpy. isn't all over the place. I know it is. I know it is. Uh, I'll do I'll do some more stuff soon. I just want to get... I want to get episodes out to you guys. Everyone's being so nice about the show. I don't want you guys to have to wait so long in between episodes. So... I'm going to put them together. I'm going to get it going somehow, one way or another. And uh, I'll let you guys know. The For me, the next event's going to be the Oasis shoot in Davis. Um, and after that, it's going to be the Break the Barriers. One arrow, NFAA, one arrow, 3D challenge or whatever. 3D extravaganza. Um, for you guys that aren't in California, I strongly urge you trying to put in at least... At least four events before now and Reading. I'm not going to be able to do it, but I wouldn't, you know, I'm not doing four. I'm going to do two. But that's all I can. That's all I can do, you know. And this year ain't about me. This is about you guys. I want you guys to to go out there and win it. You know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not, uh, not going to be trying because that's why I'm out here practicing today. But, you know... As far as winning goes, it's, it could be any of us. You know what I mean? Let's just do the damn thing. Let's do it right. So, you know, homework for you guys, aside from getting your garbages right, getting the shit that you need done, right? Which is every time I go out and practice, it's checking yardage. Are my numbers good? Checking my center shot. Center shot good. Nothing's changed, right? Does the bow feel good? Are the weights, you know, am I executing well? Those are all things that I check. But the things, you know, as far as executing well, bow feeling good, that's a very subjective thing, you know. Um, But for you guys, you know, for everybody, center shot and marks should be something that you're always eyeballing. Nothing's moved, good. Bow shooting right down the middle, good. Marks are good, awesome. All that shit is going to be the stuff that you're going to have to lean on in competition, you know. The heaviest thing you're going to lean on is going to be your shot, your the execution itself. But, you know, as far as that goes, that's kind of like an advanced, a more advanced thing. I'm not saying you're not ready to, to concentrate on that either, but for everybody, because some of the guys on, that listen to this show, some of you guys, that might be a little further down the road. Well, you know, I guess it's never too early to start. It's never too early to start working your shot um when i've been having my my uh students the guys that i'm coaching i've been having them map out their shot process and it's shocking how many people don't do this myself included all right um like i should say haven't because i have it pretty mapped out here but uh with all the, you know, all the internet content for how to get better at shooting, almost all of them at one point or another are have your shot process mapped out, you know? And they have different words for it. Uh, you know, God, I'm saying you know a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, like the NTS 
shot system. It's like 14 steps or whatever. The deadly shot system is like 30 steps. Chris B's got his little system, you know, six steps, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't try not to watch too many crispy videos. I'm not, man, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to insult crispy. I'm not, I'm not going to be an asshole today. I'm feeling really good because of practice and, you know, just, it's a good day. Any day you get out and shoot your bow is a good day. So, all right, guys, I think that's all I got for you now. Um, hit me up if you got any questions. Uh, I'll start compiling some more listener listener questions, and we'll do a better episode next time. Uh, all right. Thank you all. Peace out.